Hey everyone, Dustin here, and listen, when I'm not watching horror movies, there's a pretty good chance that I'm watching wrestling. And if you are like me and you also enjoy professional wrestling, you may enjoy my new podcast. It's called The Lore of the Ring. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, you name it, I'm out there. And if you want to hear me talk about WCW, WWF, WWE, ECW, TNA Impact, and so much more, come join me, and I appreciate the support. Hi, this is Jessica Morris, and you are watching Don't Go Out There podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There podcast. Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. I just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. Before we get into tonight's uh, Blood Donor Review, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. Everything about our podcast is on the website. Brian has done a great job. All of our episodes and interviews are there from episode one to our weekly re- our weekly release. Excuse me. Uh, you know, we've done almost 300 episodes. You want to go listen to our interviews we've done with these horror legends, go check out our interviews tab. It's a lot easier to find them there instead of scrolling through all those episodes. We also have our store. We have some new T-shirts, uh, hoodies. I know it's way too hot, but if you're just in the house chilling and want to rock a hoodie, get a DGOT hoodie. Uh, we got Shan's Etsy page attached as well if you want to get a tumbler. You know, drink those cold drinks during the summertime. Uh, rep DGOT, we'd love to see the pictures. And I'm going to shout out our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Like us, subscribe us, follow us, all that good stuff. And social media is especially important for Brian's upcoming thing. All of our fans will be voting on each of us host picks. Uh, we'll announce Brian's pick at the end of this show. But Mike's going to, uh, you know, it's Mike's week next week. So you got to vote on his four movies that he's got. So definitely follow us and, you know, subscribe to us on all social media platforms. And I'm going to shout out our Patreons called Blood Donors. Uh, we have the traditional monthly reoccurring kind. None of that money goes into any of our pockets. It just goes directly back into this podcast where we host our website, host our files, make the YouTube videos, helps pay for that, and it takes a big burden off of us. Or if you're a big fan of a movie and you want us to review it like tonight, that option is available as well. So just check out our website. Tonight we'll be reviewing final girl donor Missy Hutchison-Wall. She, this is her second review she's uh, paid for. Really appreciate you, Missy. You're an awesome fan. We we truly appreciate your fandom. Uh, she chose t- 2012's Chernobyl Diaries. I'll go first. I have not seen this movie until we reviewed it. Uh, I think it has a really, really cool, you know, just like cover art. I think the cover art is awesome. And I thought the movie was just, I knew, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, you know, I do have some big issues with it, which I think a lot of us will with just how the film was shot. Like I, I didn't feel like they could make up their mind how they wanted to make the movie if that makes any sense but i'll just get into how i feel at the end of the movie when i do my rating and uh, i'll just say that i enjoyed it i hate to throw out the old cliche line of popcorn horror movie but it's a pretty decent little popcorn horror movie brian is not joining us tonight he's uh busy doing big baller things in life so we're going to go straight to mike and his thoughts go ahead yeah by the way great to be back uh sorry i missed king kong as you guys noted last week i was uh at a taylor swift concert at this time a week ago <laughs> uh but i just so y'all know i gave king kong a seven uh i thought it was a very good classic and i wish i had been on for it but things do happen um okay Chernobyl diaries i love the concept of this movie i think a horror movie Taking place in a natural disaster area is something I'd like to see more of. Like, and I'm not necessarily talking about all these really bad, like, Titanic horror movies that have come out. Just like, you know, hurricane movies and earthquake movies. Like, I like those kinds of things, but not when they're action, you know, John Claude Van Damme movie. Like, I want a good horror movie in that setting. So the concept and idea, I think it's very solid. You mentioned something off the top though, Nico. It, 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 it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's kind of like someone wanted to make a found footage horror movie that didn't know how to do it. Uh, cause some of the shots are found footage. Some of the shots look like they're just a straight up movie. And I know we kind of complained about the way they shot, uh, huh, 
some of the other found footage movies that we've done, but this one just, it's just very inconsistent. And so that's a big problem off the top for me. And, and, and another nitpick is this movie drags. Um, until about the 48 minute mark, you could honestly argue that nothing of consequence happens except for the bear <laughs> out of nowhere. Like outside of that, like I don't, I would argue that not a whole lot takes place. It starts to kick up and it is decent. You know, it's a decent little horror movie. It's not something that I would like immediately go to all the time, but I, I just have so many problems with it and it does drag. One thing I did know, and I, I'm guessing this was on purpose because they were in a different country, but whoever wrote this script gave their characters the whitest names possible. Natalie, Paul, Amanda, Chris, Michael. Trust me, I know that's my name. Uh, no, like, just no originality. Just like, hey, what are the top five most popular white people names? And that's what came up, which I thought was very interesting because then there's Yuri who I do like as a character. But anyway, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm glad we get to. Uh, I just kind of like some of the other movies that we've discussed. This movie has a good base. And I just don't think it builds anything on top of that base. Yeah, I'd uh, never seen this movie either. I'd never heard of this movie. Um, obviously, I'm familiar with the Chernobyl tragedy and uh, you know the whole events there, but I'd never heard of this particular movie. Um, thought it was just okay. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't necessarily love it either. Um, I like Oren Pelly. Like I, you know, Paranormal Activity. That first one, I think, was a fantastic movie. Um, the first one. I'm going to specify that. The first one was fantastic. And uh, when I saw that he was who wrote this movie, I was I had high hopes. And it's just yeah, the whole shaky cam thing when it's not found footage makes no sense. Like there's no reason for the camera to be shaky. Um, I thought the cast, when I was looking at the cast, I was like, I don't really recognize any of these names except for, oh, Jesse McCartney. Okay. Um, but the cast, I thought they did a good job. Like the acting was fine. I thought the dialogue was fine. So a lot of it was fine. It's just, um, it, it left a little bit to be desired. Uh, there's, there's things that I wish were done differently and I'll get into that in my scene by scene. So I'm glad I watched it though. Um, cause you know, now that I know it's out there, it's, it's definitely not something I'll avoid watching again. It's just didn't really love it, didn't hate it. I think that's fair. Uh, any more opening thoughts? We just jump into it. All right, listeners, just bear with me. I'm still got some pretty bad congestion, but we're going to do the damn thing. All right, the film starts with us seeing Chris, Natalie, and Amanda at the airport and visiting all over Europe, gallivanting, tourist stuff, you know. We're at Paul's now, and everyone unpacks their stuff. Paul and Chris share a beer as they catch up. Paul may not return home. He loves the women here, and he asks about Amanda. He's got the hots for her. Chris shoots him down as he shows Paul the engagement ring he has for her. Cheers, and we get a title card. They leave a club now, all having a great time. The girls walk down some steps and are confronted by some, and I quote, IMDB called them, Ukrainian thugs. Paul intervenes and ends the ruckus. We're at breakfast now. Chris and Natalie are hung over bad. Paul walks in and asks if they've heard of Chernobyl, and tells him he met Yuri, an extreme tour guide. He gives guides in Pripyat, a town right beside Chernobyl. Everything is still there, schools, houses. Amanda says the tour can be kind of cool. Chris is not on board. Paul takes a vote, and it's a 3-1 vote. They're at Yuri's shop now. Yuri is ex-military, special forces. He tells him of the tour as Chris looks around. Zoe and Michael walk in the shop now, and they all handshake. They get in the van and head to Pripyat. It's a two-hour drive. Yuri explains what happened in the Chernobyl disaster. They make it there and to the exclusion zone. They get to the checkpoint and the Ukrainian guards will not let them pass. Yuri tells them there is maintenance going on and Paul is not happy. They paid for the tour. Yuri says there's more than one way into Pripyat. They take an off-road trail and Chris says it looks sketchy. Natalie doesn't feel right about it either. They take a bumpy trail now and all share last. They stop by the water and Yuri says he wants to show them something. He puts his hand in the water and fakes like he's getting attacked. The others aren't thrilled about it. Yuri calls them back to the water and shows them the mutated fish that's still alive. They get back in the van as we see the water is full of these fish. Yuri tells them it's been abandoned for 25 years and radiation is finally starting to go down. Yuri tells them all these homes were full of people. 50,000 people just gone. He parks and they all begin to look around. Amanda, take pi Amanda takes pictures 
and Yuri tells him to stay near him and listen to the Geiger counter in case radiation gets too high. They are in all of the Ferris wheel and all take a picture in front of it. More pictures being taken as they keep walking through the abandoned town. They go inside an old gymnasium now and through the rest of the school. They listen to the silence as Yuri says, one last thing. There's a dog skeleton on the porch as Yuri breaks them into a building. They go up the stairs and walk through an abandoned apartment. Yuri scolds Michael as he goes to pick something up. He says it's contaminated. They see Chernobyl from the balcony as Yuri seems to grow concerned as he sniffs around. He sees a smoldering fire and stomps the ashes. He says they need to leave. It's going to get dark soon. They hear a noise in the building and go to investigate. Out of nowhere, a radiation bear runs towards them down a hall and passes by them. They run to the van now, wondering what a bear's doing here. They walk to the van in a panic, and Yuri says he's never seen a bear. He says no charge for bear excitement, and the van won't crank. Yuri discovers the wires have been destroyed. He reassures them that they're here alone and tries to radio for help to no luck. Michael asks, what's the plan? And Yuri is speechless. All right, Mike, that's the opening set of scenes I got. What did you think? Sorry about my voice, guys. Yeah, so I would I would say there's really not a whole lot to say about this set of scenes. I mean, obviously, they're kind of laying the background for what happened in Chernobyl and the tragedy and all that stuff. And I think, you know, if this movie, let's say you don't know all that much about it and then you watch this movie, maybe go check out a few things that would pique your interest so you have more background. Um, but, I mean, they do a good job of doing that. And this gives you the setting of being in Chernobyl. Like, I do think they do a good job of wherever they shot this, which I should have looked up. That's very unprofessional of me. But they did make it look like a disaster zone that's no longer inhabitable. So I think they did a good job with the sets. Like, I think they look really good. Um, and they do a decent job establishing this Chris Paul. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> this, just so I don't keep making myself laugh, this Paul-Chris brother relationship. Like, there's definitely some tension there, some some, you know, if, you know, later on I have a, a little bit of a problem with it because I don't think they go deep enough with that relationship, but we at least know there's some friction there. And, and then you just kind of have these other characters that I have a really hard time latching on to and investing in. Uh, so I think as good as they do of setting the backdrop for the movie, I don't think they do a good job of making me invest in these characters. Uh, I, I mean, just, I just wish there was a little bit more depth there is all, uh, you, you, you get a fucking bear out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, not my, <laughs> again, not my favorite, like quote unquote jump scare. And this movie has some good jump scares, also has some really bad jump scares. So that, that, that's a nitpick that I have later as well. Like there's some that are affected, but then there's one that's just in there for the sake of being a quote unquote jump scare. And I, I hate those. Like I like ones that come along a little more naturally. So look, overall, this is just a lot of dialogue, which, I'm sure you know, Nico, since you just went over it and had to take notes. There's just a lot of dialogue, a lot of talking. I will say one positive. I like the character of Yuri. Like I think he adds a little bit of something to it, a little bit of zaniness, a little bit of craziness, uh, and just somebody that's a little bit more of a character, not just your typical male, female in a horror movie. Like I think he's a little bit more uh, rounded out, if you will. So, again, not a bad set of scenes, but it just takes a really long time to get us to a point where something is actually happening as far as like action wise. So good job laying story or good job laying some background, but I just wish the story was a little deeper. I do. <laughs> I do like how we're just thrown into the group situation here. Uh, that can be tricky to achieve. Like anytime you just join a group and you don't really get a slow build and introduction to the company or to the characters that can be uh, tricky, but I think they do it well here because it just seemed natural since they're on vacation. They're, as Nico put it, gallivanting across Europe. And, you know, Chris hadn't seen Paul in a long time. So it made sense that they were filling each other in and filling us in in the process. Uh, so, and the characters are believable and likable. Now I get it, uh, not being really invested. I see what you're saying. But the characters at least have their charm about them. Like, there, there's no character yeah. that I'm yes. like, oh, this person sucks. I don't, so, so I, I, agree I appreciate with you that. Um, I, you mentioned the jump scare, how there's good and bad. I really like the jump scare of the fish because it was set up nicely. You know, Yuri had just played a prank on him with the jerky. And then there's that dead fish with the, you know, mouthful of chompers and it just, the way it jumped, like, I like that. That was, that was a nice way of letting us know that 
yeah, the radiation's died down and it's technically safe to be there, but something's still going on. So I like that. Uh, now, Yuri, I had my suspicions about Yuri the entire movie because, you know, it's just number one, he's a stranger and he's going to just take you on this exotic tour to one of the, you know, most talked about places in Europe and uh, you're shut down by the guards, but he's going to sneak you in the back door. There's just something eerie about him, especially when he sees that, you know, that dust pile or ash pile, whatever it was, of smoking. He just brushes out of his way with his foot. It's like, okay, this guy's, I don't know if we can trust him. And I don't actually like that. They did. They planted that seed of suspicion because, it turns out we find out the next set of scenes like there's nothing to uh, nothing to fear about Yuri. He's just a tour guy. Um, and then the bear, I agree, the bear was unnecessary uh, because that kind of makes us think that there might be more bears throughout the movie. And that's the only glimpse of a bear we get. Although I did. That's what I it, thought, too. I was like, damn, they never even make him a like a villain again. It's just one bear. That's weird. It was funny that uh, Amanda said something about a radioactive psycho bear. And I was like, huh, must be a cocaine bear prequel. But we don't get more bears, so I guess not. And then, you know, all I know about this opening set of scenes, all I know at this point is the score's creepy and, you know, creepy sounding, and it's very subtle. And I know that there was that mutant fish, but nothing says that I should be scared or worried about our characters at this set of this point in the movie. It's more just an unfortunate situation, like they're stranded, but there's no reason for us to believe through this point that they're in any kind of danger or anything. And so I kind of like that slow burn as far as what we're setting up for. But at the same time, it, it almost lulls you into a false sense of security to the point of, okay, let's get to it. Like you almost get bored with it at times, but the characters are likable enough to, uh, to keep you at least a little engaged. See, Dustin, I'm with you on Yuri, but I do think like he definitely knew about what was going on with the guards and the, and the patients, yeah. I, 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 right. I completely feel like he knew about it, but he just didn't want to give Paul his money back. So he snuck him in. <laughs> they, and that's they, fair. It just kind yeah. of sucks that it sucks what happens in the next set of scenes to him because all that was left unexplored. Like exactly. I wish yeah. that it exactly. would have came they, out that he did know that would make me feel right. better. Or maybe he was even in us, on. Yeah. I say they never let us in as an audience on that. And that's a good point. No. Like it's, it's kind of implied, but it's never really said out loud or never shown to us. So I agree with you, Dustin, like what happens to Yuri here in a little bit, spoiler, Yuri dies. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Cause I wish they would have, Hey man, that would have just given the movie a little bit, something else, like a little bit of a twist that even if it's obvious, I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. Yeah. The very end when like they're pushing her on that stretcher, they could have brought it up like about Yuri he, very easily. I feel like, uh, at least to tie some loose ends together. All right, later that night, Yuri is still radioing for help, but no luck. Paul is pissed, and Yuri says it's not his fault. <clears throat> Excuse me. Natalie and Chris blame Paul as well. Paul asks, what are their options? And Yuri says to sleep in the van, and they fix the van in the morning or walk to checkpoint. Yuri tells them not to walk at night. It's not safe. Zoe hushes them as she hears a noise. They think they hear a baby. Yuri gets a gun out of the glove box and goes to check it out. Chris snaps and goes with Yuri. He tells Paul it's a hazard having him as a brother as he slams the door. He runs and catches up with Yuri as we see gunfire shots. Paul runs out immediately to see what happened. The others watch in fear as they see Paul and Chris heading back to the van. Chris has a severely hurt leg. He says there was a lot of them and they got Yuri. The van is now attacked by rabid dogs and the battery begins to die in the van as the lights flicker and eventually go out. They put a tourniquet on Chris's leg and the van is attacked again. Morning time now, and Chris is still in a lot of pain. Michael says he can't fix the van unless they get a new set of leads. They find another walkie-talkie and try to radio for Yuri. Paul, Michael, and Amanda leave to go and find Yuri. Amanda says dogs couldn't do that to Chris, and Paul keeps radioing for Yuri. They find Yuri's walkie-talkie on some steps and walk down into the building to see if he's alive. They follow a long blood trail on the ground until they find his mutilated corpse. They find his gun and run to hide when something walks in the room. Amanda hides by a stove as the others make it outside. Amanda looks at the person eating the corpse and begins to crawl away. Amanda grabs a gun under the table and makes it run for the door as she's chased. Paul fires three shots through the door and they take off into another room. Michael breaks a glass door and they escape out. They make it back to the van and they tell them they have to leave. But Chris can't leave. His leg is too badly injured. 
Amanda sees a person in the widow in the window of one of her photos. The other four go to make a run to the checkpoint, giving Natalie a walkie-talkie and the gun for protection. They have to reroute when they see dogs eating in the middle of the road. They make it to a junkyard, and the Geiger goes off. Paul is concerned when he sees bullet exit holes from the bus. They begin to look for some cables. Paul breaks into the bus, and he sees gun shell or bullet shells everywhere. They look for a gun, but find nothing in it except a flashlight. They see a broken, bloody window with a guard's uniform. Paul radios to Natalie. They found cables for the van. Bad news, though. We hear dogs barking, and they're chasing after them. They make it to the water, and they try to take an old bridge. Zoe falls in the water, and Michael goes after her. She gets out safely, but Michael is attacked by the fish. Amanda helps get him out, and we see his leg is bleeding. They make her run for it again back to the van. The next set of scenes are the ending, and uh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so, again, the action picks up here for sure. Uh, we finally start to use the environment as a skip. You mentioned the fish in the first set of scenes, Dustin. That's really, like, the only time I think they use the environment as, like, a scare tactic. Uh, and in this set of scenes, it kind of starts to turn that up a little bit. I mean, you get some really, some really just like eerie uh, aerial, sh- well, not aerial, but, it, you know, set shots where like, oh, this place is creepy. Even as they're walking through the streets, you're kind of like, huh, okay. Um, I will say this scene, as far as character, does a good job of like starting to butt heads with uh, Paul and Chris. Like, I think, you know, even while injured, Chris, the, he, he's mad at Paul. He's mad at Paul for them being there. Uh, he never, you know, he never called home or, or he never calls home. When he came over this way, he thought he'd, you know, be returning and he hasn't. And so that starts to kind of flare up as Chris has, you know, the wound in his leg. So I do like that as far as character development and growth. Um, but like I said, this starts to get a little bit more scary. You get all the stuff with Yuri and, and we kind of touched on it already. So I won't beat a dead horse, but. I hate that that character is gone. Like, I feel like he added something really good to the cast that's just so different from the others that I really wanted to see him go all the way to the end, even if he was involved about what was going on. Clearly, I do think it's implied, just because why would I want to give Paul his money back? I mean, this man definitely knows something crazy is going on. It's, you know, it was a nuclear disaster. So I just wish it was expounded upon a little more. Um I love this, this, this starts to get a little tense here when they're looking for the cables and they're having a radio back and it's at nighttime now, which I was waiting on this movie to get to nighttime. Like, I, I just think that makes it so much more scary. Uh, it, and I like that, that there's, you know, tense. This to me is where I don't like the found footage part because I almost feel like this would have been better with some kind of score, you know, to kind of let us know we're in a very intense part of this movie. Uh, and because they don't shoot it like a found footage all that much, I wish they would have just said, fuck it, we're going to make a regular movie and put some score here. I don't think, for once, I, I don't think the lack of that noise helps this scene at all uh, when they're going back and forth. But I, I love the part where they're walking across, you know, when they're trying to use that broken-ass bridge. Like, that would have, I'm not going to lie, just me, yeah, I, I say my fight or flight would have kicked in, but having that bridge there would have, had me discouraged this shit. Not, I've been like, all right, man, I guess this is it. These dogs are going to get us. So all in all, I love that we get and, you know, ratcheted up intensity, especially when they're out there searching for the cables and Paul and them are trying to make it back to the van. I will say the, you know, I look, I've seen this movie one other time, a long time ago. So this is basically like watching it brand new. The, as soon as they showed the van, I'm like, Oh, this is where the this part where the bullets are going out and not in, which I found to be a very interesting thing, and I'm glad that they kind of let us know that 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 that's in the script. So, uh, I yeah, again, like I said at the beginning of our of our episode, I liked the movie, and now we've gotten to a point where I'm back to being invested. They haven't lulled me to sleep fully because we started to get some death and we started to get some action. Now. Here at night, and uh, there's the moaning sound in the distance. It does feel creepy. So I appreciate that. It's like immediately after where I just said that opening set of scenes wasn't really creepy. Now it does. And then Yuri's saying they should be thankful he has a gun. That's very unnerving, especially since I've got my suspicions about his character. And he's telling them they'll be safe to stay in the van and everything. So why why 
should we be thankful you have a gun? Also, it's a bold move by Chris to tell Paul that it's a hazard having him as a brother. If I'm Paul and he yells at me like that in front of other people, as soon as he's out of the van, I'm spoiling his proposal surprise. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, he's going to propose to you. Fuck that. I don't care. <laughs> Play for keeps. Um, <laughs> now, if I'm anyone else in this group, once Chris gets attacked, I'm telling him I'm leaving, never looking back again. But Natalie appears to be willing to stick by his side based on her body, her body, her body language. That's two Jesse McCartney references. You're welcome. Um, but wow. then, you know, when they find she has a beautiful, go, she's got a beautiful soul. So, you know, <laughs> when they are looking for Yuri and they find the walkie talkie, look, I get wanting to find Yuri and all that. And usually I'm saying or we're all saying don't go out there. But in this case, do not go in there. Don't go in there. Nothing good can come of it. And it's very tense while they find Yuri's remains and, you know, hear those footsteps or hear the rustling in the building there. Also, it's very gentlemanlike to leave a man to defend for herself. Assholes. I mean, that's just true chivalry. <laughs> that, was, that scene honestly reminded me of the uh, the kitchen scene from Jurassic Park. Like, she's hiding behind the furniture there and, and everything. And I really like how they kept the identity hidden. Like, we don't get a good look at, look at what's over there. And so it just makes it even more tense and uh, mysterious. You know, the, the mysteriousness of it just kind of makes it more scary. Uh, then I praised the jump scare earlier, but this one in the bus was stupid. Like when there, he jerks the curtain back and nothing's there, but then the curtain falls. Like I so hated logical. So that, logical, that jump scare. It was just so unnecessary. And yeah, last thing I've got is they're running away here. Okay, that's all fine and dandy, but. You got a rickety ass bridge over some radioactive water. I think I'd rather take my chances within dogs. Those dogs, their tails were wagging. They probably just wanted to play. Fuck that. Like I'm, and if worse comes to worse, I'll Michael Vick those dogs. I'm not going to fall in radioactive water. No, but you know, I wish that would have, I wish that water would have really like fucked them up more. I wish it would have had some major consequences, but we don't get that. It's okay. Um, this set of scenes I, I liked a lot better than the open, honestly, because the action's picking it up, and like I said, it feels like a horror movie. I have reason to be quote-unquote scared. Uh, there's a lot of tension, so I like this set of scenes a lot. It's probably my favorite set of scenes. Yeah, I agree with that. Really quick, Nico, just so a lot, lot of fun fact here, since I didn't know and I wanted to know, this movie was filmed on location in Hungary and Serbia. Fun fact. I probably should have looked up before the show, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, guys, here's the ending. Nighttime now, and Michael says something else is going on. There's got to be people here. Amanda tells him she swears she saw a person in one of her pictures. They hear a noise and run to see the van is missing. It's been flipped over in a new location nearby. Paul yells out for Chris, and we watch a phone recording that shows Chris and Natalie being attacked in the van. We see both being drug away by some people. Amanda begs Michael and Zoe for their help to find the others. They run until they name until they make it inside a building where they see fresh blood. Paul calls for Chris as they explore the building. A person throws something at them and they take off running. They run into Natalie and get her. Michael grabs a mat and Paul asks Natalie, where's Chris? She tells him they got him. Michael takes a gun and says he's going to the checkpoint he's going to the checkpoint to get help. Amanda convinces him to join them and they'll get help together. They're lost and look at the map until they spot a child standing in the open. They walk towards it, and Natalie is grabbed by a person in the shadows. They head towards her screams, and they run into a dead guard's body. They turn around to see they're being chased by hundreds of people. They make it into another building and barricade it off. They find another room and head down the stairs. Michael is grabbed by the people as the door is closed, and Zoe is devastated. They collect themselves and continue their journey down the tunnels. They get to a room and find the engagement ring Chris had. Paul is jump-scared by one of the people, and they take off running again. They climb up a ladder on the wall, and, the, and Amanda makes it up safe, but Zoe is grabbed by the people below and killed, eaten alive. Paul and Amanda continue on, and they realize they're in the control room of Chernobyl. Amanda tries to comfort Paul as the Geiger goes off nonstop. Paul says he can't see, and Amanda says her face is burning. They find Natalie's dead body on the ground, and Paul apologizes to Amanda as they weep. They're both attacked by the people, and Amanda, like a badass, fights them off and saves Paul. They continue on and are stopped by the military. They cry out for help as Amanda falls to the ground. They tell them to stop in Russian and fire a warning shot. 
Paul can't see and steps forward and is shot dead. Amanda is carried away on a gurney. She awakes, seeing hospital workers moving her. He tells her the people were escaped radiation patients. The doctor says we can't let her go. She's seen them. They pick her up and walk her to a door. She's thrown and locked in a cell where the radiation patients attack her, killing her as the film ends. Uh, yeah, so first of all, I'm a big fan of camera angles showing something or someone ominous lurking in the background while our protagonists are unaware. They did that here, like the shot where they're talking in the dark and trying to figure it out. You can see something in the uh, the light of the moonlight behind them creeping across the street. I like that. Um, and then why didn't Chris and Natalie radio them to let them know they were in trouble? Like not one word. I get it. It happened pretty fast. But common sense to me says, oh, shit, something's happened. I'm grabbing the walkie talkie, pushing the button and at least at the very least just screaming into it. Also. This van had shades that were rolled up above every single window. And I thought this earlier when the group said, hey, we're going to leave, but you guys stay here. I saw those shades and I was like, hmm, maybe they should roll those down. And now that you know that they get abducted and, and basically skull fucked all over Chernobyl. Yeah. Roll those shades down. Maybe hide a little. You're sitting ducks right there. Morons. And then speaking of morons, Paul yelling like that. Dummy. Like, you don't know what's out there. You can't see shit. And you know that bad stuff's happening. Your friends, your family's blood is smeared all over this Eastern European country. And you're screaming into the night. Okay. But then when they get, you know, they go off looking and everything. Where the fuck did this little bastard come from? Like, that little kid's just standing in the middle of the, of the walkway there. That creepy-ass kid would have got kicked in the face if it was me. But I'm different. There's just there's no playing nice. You don't sneak up on me like that. that was crazy. It reminded me of the, the twin girls from The Shining. I just creepy and standing there all ugh, bastardly like. Uh, then I love the shot as they're going towards that little kid or that little person, whatever it was, trying to figure out what's going on. They show Natalie and then over the shoulder, another one of those ominous scenes. Like you can see some someone's behind her and then she gets yanked down the stairs. I really like that. And then the last thing that I got, though, is just another comment on the shaky cam, because here at the end, it really pisses me off. Like when they're running and the camera is just all herky jerk. Like one of my biggest gripes, I don't know if it's one of my biggest, but a huge gripe that I have about watching WWE wrestling, specifically WWE, no other company really does this, is anytime that there's a, you know, a big fight going on, someone's really pounding away on someone, Vince McMahon loves the camera to just go crazy because it adds this dramatic effect to it. This is the same. There's just no reason for it. This is not found footage. There's no character that's filming this that's running with a, a handheld camera. So it's just annoying. It's unnecessary. Now, and I, I mentioned earlier how things I would have done differently. I wish that this was a found footage. Like there's perfect, uh, there's a perfectly logical reason for someone to be filming this. They're tourists in a country. Boom. Like they're in a new country. So someone would be filming. That makes sense. And then the way that I would have done it, I don't like the hospital scene. I don't like her making it, getting rescued to the hospital and just thrown into the, the dungeon there to be eaten by all those mutants. Like, and I don't, I don't like that. I wish thing that my biggest thing I would change, really the only thing I would change, have there be one of these characters is recording this, this whole thing. And then at the end, everybody dies, but we see someone pick the camera up turn it towards her face and turn it on. Like we've seen that in other movies. So they find this camera and it's got all this documented tra uh, tragedy and horror on it. And that's how the footage gets out. It's a perfectly logical explanation of why we, the audience would be seeing it because the camera gets out. Pretty sure that's how it was done in uh well, not really how it was done in paranormal activity, but you know, the camera is left in the house. And so it makes sense that the footage would get out or in like you had it, man, you've done it before. It's just, I didn't really like the ending just my biggest gripe with the movie is the ending. Yeah. So here's the thing. This ending does a great job of like amping up that creepiness level. Like, again, like I said, you know, how they use Chernobyl in this area as a character of itself. This is the first time it's actually executed to me, at least to its fullest potential, like all these buildings. And, and you don't know, I think it's movie does a good job of kind of like concealing who the quote unquote monster or villain is. For the you know the the most part, it's a couple of different things. It's a, ends up being 
all these people that were quote unquote left behind. And I, I like that. I think it does a good job of using Chernobyl as the scary part of the movie. So Paul makes a lot of really dumb choices here to me. Like I, I, like you said, he's yelling out and it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, he kind of reminds me of Jessica Biel and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, her character was the reason everyone was in a fucked up situation. Same with Paul. Hey, man, you're kind of the reason we're all here. We're all in this situation, and now everyone's getting killed off. And I think there's some, you know, the deaths aren't really the point of this movie, the quote-unquote, the kills. I don't think there's anything, like, great. But we do finally get some. You mentioned the creepy little kid, buddy. That one got me a little bit because I was not expecting it because I hadn't seen this movie in so long. And so I th- th- that one got me a little bit very fucking creepy for sure. Uh, and again, th- th- this movie has almost – I, I kind of wish it had had the balls to just kill everyone, to not have a very happy ending. Like I don't necessarily know if keeping Paul and – like I don't know if keeping them alive was the best move to me. So all in all – the ending falls a little bit flat, but I do like the usage of Chernobyl as a backdrop for making it scary. These empty buildings or these buildings that are cluttered with people, like I think that's a really good use, and I think that makes it a little bit scarier. So, oh, no, not a bad set of scenes, but like, like Dustin mentioned, I think the middle of the movie is probably the best part because it has a good mix of character development and a heightened sense of intensity. All right, guys, let's jump into our social media comments and questions. I'll do Twitter first. The only reply we got was from a teammate of that show, Kevin. I dig this movie. Outside of Slashers, the found footage subgenre of horror is my favorite, so this movie automatically gets a boost for me. I'm also a fan of the ending because it's not a happy one. Horror isn't meant to be all sunshine and rainbows before the credits roll. Uh, Kevin, I yeah, actually I know been, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you, honestly, on the ending of this one. No, I wish it was a little less happy. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, let's go over to uh, Facebook now. Abby Renee commented, I actually did enjoy this movie. I fell in love with Jesse McCartney when he was in the boy band Dream Street. As soon as I saw he was in it, I had to watch it. I have watched it a few times since, and it is probably a guilty pleasure. I feel like this could be a very uh, appropriate guilty pleasure movie. Uh, Absolutely. Joe Swinford commented, I actually like this movie. Get some hate, LOL, but I could rewatch it. And Matt Sears commented, if you want to see real horror, What's the five-episode HBO show? Have y'all seen that? I haven't seen it. Is it any good? It's fantastic. Fantastic. No, okay. The only thing it does is it uses English actors, you know, from the UK, and they keep their original accents instead of hiring people with what would have been the natural accent. So that's kind of a little bit weird. But outside of that, no, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it for sure. All right. Uh, Dex Cole commented, I remember buying this movie back in the day, having such high hopes for it. Well, it's definitely not the cream of the crop. Maybe one day we will get a proper horror movie set in Chernobyl. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Eric Doolittle commented, the bear should have just taken them out. Would have saved us all the trouble of sitting through the rest of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't that bad. Come on, Eric. All right, over to Instagram now. Gail the Snail commented, shit, I'll need to finish this one. I put it on several times, but always get called in to do stuff every time I tried to watch it. So I can never see it all the way through. I don't like to watch movies in segments day, days later. It's one of my many quirks. I'm with you, sister. I can't do that either. I think Mike can do it. Though, yeah, I but... agree. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Horror Nights in Crystal. Big fan of the show. Chernobyl Diaries is my guilty pleasure. See, another guilty Makes pleasure sense. comment. Uh, and let's see. Uh, Missy asked a question now in a review, but let's ask it. Or let, let's answer it now. Uh, okay, if there wasn't so much conflict in Ukraine right now, would you visit Chernobyl, Pripyat? I would, she said. I don't know, man. Man, you see some of the animals that come out of that place that stayed and I, and they have all those mutations. I, I, that scares me off a little bit still, not going to lie. Conflict or not, Eastern Europe is nowhere near the top of my dream destination list, so <laughs> now nah, I'm good. No offense, everyone. No offense, yeah. It's just not like a dream destination. I've never been out of the country. I'm I'm cool where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, there was an episode of River Monsters where Jeremy Wade fished over there. I'll, I'll just live vicariously through that experience. And the last <laughs> comment we got is from Matt Strickland, 91, on Instagram. I've never seen this one, but always heard good things about it. The whole Chernobyl incident in itself I find super interesting. Looking forward to the review, fellas. 
Appreciate that. Uh, that's Absolutely. the end of social media comments and questions. Dustin, you got any fun facts? Yeah, I got a few here. Um, so you can actually, I don't know about now that you know, Ukraine has been at war for what seems like the past year and a half, or maybe longer, I don't know. But uh, you can go to Ukraine, you can get a tour to Pripyat, and Chernobyl can be booked for about $100 U.S. So there's that if you really wanted to do it. Uh, after the end credits, the final sound the viewer hears is a rapidly clicking Geiger counter indicating high radiation. Thought that was cool. Uh, this movie was not screened in advance for critics. So, yeah, there's not very many critic reviews out there. I guess they didn't take kindly to that. And last one I've got is, so there's a scene when they first get to uh, Pripyat and there's that Ferris wheel. Well, the Pripyat Amusement Park, which prominently features in this film, was never open to the public as it was supposed to have its grand opening on May 1st, 1986, and the Chernobyl disaster occurred on April 26th. Oren Pelly first thought of the idea for the story from when he saw a photo blog posted by a girl traveling through Pripyat on a motorcycle. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this movie's budget was $1 million, which, holy crap, that was made pretty cheap, especially when they filmed on location, and made a total of $37.2 million, which is quite a damn bit of money when you consider the budget was only $1 million for shooting on location. So uh, I found that pretty impressive. I Look, I saw the movie a long time ago when it came out, but I did not expect it to have that high of a gross. That's pretty good for, a, you know, like you said, like a popcorn horror movie or guilty pleasure for sure. All right, guys, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. I'm just going to read Missy's first, if that's okay. Then I'll do mine. Hey there. Okay, my thoughts on Chernobyl Diaries. What a great mediocre film. Ha ha. This is a guilty pleasure for me, and it's one of those movies I'll have on in the background while doing other stuff. I think the premise is good, but other than Yuri, Michael, and the radioactive bear from hell, I couldn't stand the other characters. Kind of fell apart after they got stuck there which is where you'd expect to pick up. Still, I'll give it a six, because why not? A horror movie doesn't have to be a masterpiece to be enjoyed. Perfectly said, Missy. I agree 100%. The true story of Chernobyl is the real horror story. Check out HBO's Chernobyl series. And then she said, question, would you visit Pripyat if given the chance? I think I might, especially if the guy was Yuri, because not to worry, it is Yuri. And we've already answered that question, but Missy, I'll just say one more time, we really appreciate your uh, final girl donor. We you're a big fan of the show, and we've uh, we we really appreciate you. All right, I'll go next Absolutely. real quick. Favorite kill. So, like I said, I agree with Kevin. I like the ending of the movie. I like how it ended on a bleak, you know, you know, a hor a horrific way to die. Uh, hey, this chick knows too much. Stow her in the cell. We're just gonna let these crazy people kill her. I I yep. like that kill. Least favorite kill. You could pick a lot of them. I mean, you could pick uh, Chris. You didn't really see anything except he had a bloody leg. But I chose his fiance, which is Natalie. I mean, she just disappears. Then she's sitting by the stairs and just disappears again. So I chose Natalie. Uh, I also could say that uh, Zoe could be another favorite kill of mine. I thought that was pretty cool when she's pulled down from the ladder. But rating, no strong feelings for it. Just fun little popcorn horror movie. I do have issues with the way the film was made. Uh, I feel like they couldn't decide if they wanted to be found footage or not, so they kind of just rode the line on both. I wish we would have saw and got more backstory on these radioactive patients. I don't think it would have been a bad thing to maybe add five minutes, ten minutes of some story. Like we mentioned earlier, explain a little bit more about Yuri as well, tie him into the story. But I'm a, I like Jonathan Sandowski, the guy who played Paul. He was Wade in the 2009 Friday the 13th reboot. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. I thought Amanda was a good final girl. She was a badass. She was a strong character. I liked her a lot as well. But I just gave it a six and a half. I thought it was just, you know, a above average movie, but it was fun. And it didn't, it was only an hour and 20 minutes. So it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, yeah I love the runtime. Big positive there. My my favorite kill is Zoe. Like you said, that was at least something that we got. My least favorite is Chris because you, I mean, it just kind of dies of a fucked up leg. Like I don't really, I don't know. It's, I wish there was more there. Um, for all the reasons I said at the beginning, this movie is just okay. It's got a great premise, I think, and I love the backdrop being in Chernobyl, and, and I think there's good bones there, like the movie Bones but when we reviewed it. Like, there's good bones to this movie. I don't think there's a whole lot of flesh on it. Uh, now, I will say that 
the, none of the characters are offensively, you know, offensively unlikable. Uh, but I would say none of them are super interesting as well. So I think that kind of makes me not as invested in the movie. If it had a little bit of a little bit more investment in the characters and a little bit more decisiveness of what it wanted to be, found footage or regular film, you know, whatever. I think this movie has all the ingredients, but something with the taste is just a little bit off. But it's still good. Uh, I still enjoyed it, and you know, like you know, we said a bunch of times, it's a good little popcorn movie to throw on in the back. And I think uh, there's nothing wrong. I'm glad those kinds of movies exist. Actually, Nika, it's funny you say that. I also gave this. Well, I gave this movie a six and a half. I thought it, it's just like right at the. I couldn't quite go seven because I, I have too many problems with it. But I do think it's enjoyable. Nothing wrong with six and a half at all. That's what she said. Um, I'll read. Hey, you beat me too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll read Brian's now. Um, he said it was fine. It was all right. Actually, I texted my biggest gripe to the group about this movie and shout out to Found Flicks on YouTube because I was going through and seeing other people's opinion on the movie. He literally said the exact same thing I had typed to the guys and had the exact same complaint as myself. Why the fuck is this shot as a found footage? when nobody's actually filming the movie. It's just in the found footage style, but yet isn't. Um, it was very fucking bizarre to me and jolting even, for lack of a better word. Now, with that said, the style works fantastic, but it just bothered me, and I'm glad to know I'm not the only one. As far as the cast goes, everybody was fine except, to me, Jesse McCartney. He seemed miscast, just in my opinion. Insert obligatory How Do You Sleep song title pun here. LOL. Uh, I did like my guy Wade, Jonathan Sadowski from the 09 Friday remake. He stole the show for sure, and I feel like Devin Kelly did a great job. I'd never seen her in anything else but oh, but this, but she came across as a very good, strong female lead, and I liked her. As for the rest of the people, they were pretty forgettable, honestly, and that coupled with just some meh scares and monster reveals, it was just okay. Not something I'll probably put on again on purpose, but it was just a fine watch as is. I'll give it a six. All right. So now I'll go over to my notes here. Give me just a second. Um, my favorite kill, I don't know. I guess Yuri because I didn't trust him. And we needed more character development for me to actually like his character. And then at least we got a little bit of a look at his remains. Like it was pretty gross seeing them dig through his pockets and hearing the squishes and stuff. So I guess Yuri. Least favorite kill, I'm going to go with Chris because like, we never really get any Re- like any resolution, like no resolve to what happened to his character, really. Um, as far as the rating, I, I just feel like this movie could have been so much better. Chernobyl is such a fascinating and tragic story, so there's definitely, definitely meat on the bones there. But this movie, in my opinion, should have been a true found footage. Like I said, there's built-in reason to record. Like you got the tourist aspect, and it just would have worked so much better, especially if you insisted on having shaky cam anyway. Just fully commit. The ending didn't hit for me. Like I said, I don't need Amanda surviving only to get fed to the mutants. I would rather have had her die too. And then another tourist, maybe years later, even finding the camera. Uh, and that's how this footage gets out like that. Just would have worked so much better for me. Um, I think it was an okay movie with decent acting and script, but I just wasn't a huge fan. So I'm going to give it a five. And that gives us a composite score. Of six, IMDb has it as a five, so we're pretty, you know, we're right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, I know what's like, up. Smart people over there. I think you know between five and seven is very fair for this movie. Uh, I feel like a, I feel like a way you could easily fix this movie though, like you mentioned, Dustin, with found with making a found footage. Start the movie off with some damn, you know, the three are going through Europe, taking pictures and videos. Then you cut to yep. to Paul's apartment. He's recording everything on a camera. Because they've already planned the Chernobyl. Just already have the damn Chernobyl visit planned. And, you know, they're right. going to Chernobyl, then they're going to Moscow. Easy to fix it, and then it makes sense. And it doesn't See, make you wonder, <laughs> why the hell is this part of the movie look found footage and the next part does look found footage, but it's obviously not. So could have easily fixed it. Yeah, like like what you just said reminded me, you know, I know that we shit, you and I, shit on Cloverfield. But the way that that, that party scene was shot early on, like how... They're filming it, and then the camera turns off, and then we pick back up, and they're over here doing this. Like it just makes so much more sense in this sense, in this uh, case to to shoot this movie that way. So yeah, completely agree. right. I agree with and, that. And it makes sense because you're going to Chernobyl. Like you want to you want to film what the hell you're going to look at. It's a you know one of the so most that's famous the easy disasters. Way out. 
Yeah, it's one of the most famous disasters in history. Cloverfield yeah. didn't work because you're getting chased by a giant goddamn monster. Why the fuck are you carrying yeah. this camera around and still worried about it? But anyway, we're not going to shit on Brian's birthday pick again unless he wants us to. <laughs> Let's shout out our yeah, blood donors are. and then we'll <laughs> announce. <laughs> Let's, Let's shout out our blood donors and I'll announce Brian's pick. Big thanks to all of our blood donors, camper level reoccurring Clayton J, Nina, Michelle Mirza, Andrew Ferguson, the Horror Movie Crew Podcast, Alex Seligson, Eric Doolittle, Sean Irwin, Brian Samick, and Michael Evans. Our camp counselor reoccurring are Dennis Kennedy, Edwin Hernandez Gunn, Joe Swinford, Jennifer Davis from the Too Close to Home Podcast, Heather Smith, Kyle Denise all the way from Australia, Adrian Aiello, Jake Hambrick, Clay Moore, Karen, Matt Strickland, and Gail Coons. Really appreciate y'all. Y'all take a big burden off of us, help us pay these bills around here because times is tough. Uh, Brian Steen, I'll announce it for him since he's not here. Each week, all of us co-hosts are going to pick four movies for all of our fans to vote on. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, YouTube, every single social media we have, we're going to post on there. And we're going to tally up the votes and see who wins. And the winner is the movie we're going to review the next week. Brian chose between Dr. Sleep, Fear, From Hell, and Underworld 2. And Dr. Sleep won by just a few votes. So your votes do matter. Uh, so next week we'll be taking on Dr. Sleep. I've not seen that movie. I'm looking forward to watching it because I was a big fan of The Shining. And I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan, so I'm excited to see it. Yeah, if you like The Shining, uh, there's, there's uh, no reason to think. like That doesn't mean you're going to like Dr. Sleep. Because yeah, that, well, Rico. that motherfucker put me to sleep, I tell you that much. <laughs> I think you will, Nico. It's a little long, but I think you'll like it enough. Hey, Pauls, That's Pauls, what she whoa, Pauls. <laughs> Anywho, and also, I'm, I'm going to oh, I'm, I'm go ahead and just tease it now. Scream 6 is coming out pretty soon on Blu-ray. I'll be getting my copy yeah. within like next week, week and a half. So y'all might as well get ready for a Scream 6 review as well. I mean, we can't That's not right. do it. So, I mean, hell, Scream... 2022 is one of our most listened to episodes ever. So we got to do Scream 6. I mean, why wouldn't we want to do that movie anyway? It was great, right, Dustin? Thanks, buddy. Damn right. Uh, let's end the show now. Uh, let's end the show now, guys. Because uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm looking great forward film, to reviewing film. that. Looking forward to reviewing Dr. Sleep and Scream 6 whenever it comes out. That's and right. stay tuned on our social medias before we end this episode. Go vote on Mike's picks. He's going to drop his four. We're going to drop his four tomorrow on social media. So make sure you vote. We're going to announce the winner next week whenever we do our episode. So make sure you vote. Really appreciate all listeners. We appreciate your support. Uh, Y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody. Uh